Hello, welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 146, and I'm your host, Diane Emerson. Well, I'm back, and I have just a couple things to say here. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit today. I'm going to go through a a bunch of things on this um, episode. And um, what I want to talk about is all of us were raised uniquely, though. And, you know, but the only thing we all share is not the color of our skin. And you'd think, wow, I've seen you, you're white, I'm black. Yeah, we don't share the color of our skin. But we do share something pretty significant. I've never met you. I don't think you've met me, unless we've, (laughs) I'm keeping it a big secret here. So um, what we all share is we've all been programmed. We've all been through a great deal of programming our entire lives. How do you think all this was gonna work if we weren't programmed into complying with it all? And really, think about it. That is the genius of great programming. When they can get folks to not know they are programmed, I would call that the gold star in programming. And you know, my favorite two sayings seem to be, nothing is hiding and questioned at all. Even if we thought we knew it, maybe just like 9-11, for example, many still believe this psyops. I used to also. I mean, I believed it, you know, I had no reason not to believe it, right? until I peeked a bit closer. I haven't gone into every single detail of it. I've seen enough to realize that it was not true, right? But it was also interesting because, look at it this way, the government did go to a lot of effort, and they were also very willing to murder a lot of folks along the way. So things are pretty serious with that. So um, when I peeked a little closer, I started to look at Bush standing up on that bullhorn yelling, we're going to get them. Well, then they charged off after the wrong folks. That should have been our first clue, right? But that kicked in the door for all these wars for the last 17 years. So that little psyops worked. And I can even remember at the time thinking what a great guy Bush was when he went to that Muslim um, religious ceremony. (laughs) Yeah, the goal was to murder all of them. So, um, but see how deflection starts to work. So we were all raised so differently. How I was raised, um, I think that my parents would be described as um, feral parents, meaning feral, F-E-R-A-L. And that's how they describe parents these days who let their kids like walk home from school unattended and those kinds of things. And I'm not making any excuses for it. It's just the way it was. I mean, as a matter of fact, my mom and my favorite aunt, kind of like their last thing before they died, was they were like, we wish we would have kept better track of you kids. And I said, well, I guess we're all lucky that we lived (laughs) because I can remember at nine years old, um, we lived in Spain and I was we lived in base housing, <clears throat> and I would hop on a bus at nine or so years old and um, go into Madrid and go to the movies or shopping for the day at nine years old. Maybe a friend would go with me, but yeah, everybody knew where I was going. They had a general direction of where I was going. I wasn't sneaking to get there. I had an allowance. <laughs> they just thought, well, she's going to the movies. So now a person would think, gee, a nine-year-old hopping on a bus, <laughs> traveling you know, 20 minutes to a major city on their own is probably not a good plan. But, you know, they did what they, they did what they knew how back then. And it wasn't all bad, but, you know, we don't know how many kids came up missing because no one's really ever kept that good a track. But so anyway, so my parents raised me that way. Well, what did that teach me? Well, it taught me to really think pretty quickly on my feet for feet for starters, because when you're out nine years old in a big city, you better f- figure out how to maneuver your way around. So it can teach us strengths, but it also would not be what anybody would consider the ideal parenting situation these days. So yeah, so we all have different experiences. So 
because of how I was raised, you have to add that to the fact that my father was an officer in the military, in the Air Force, and he was a navigator. So, yeah, he flew those big planes that dropped those, I think it was B-52 bombs or something. He was with the, let me see, SAC, it was a Strategic Air Command. Come to find out, uh, pretty pretty bad group of folks. But anyway, so, yeah, so I was raised by a ultra-military person, and so you would think that I got extra programming, right? Well, actually, I probably escaped more of it because of that, because what the military did to my father, or I don't know if it did it or part of the circumstances, was he was a pretty serious alcoholic, which a lot of them are. Um, so, yeah, so I escaped the programming because of his drinking, number one. So people think, oh, too bad your dad was an alcoholic. Well, I guess it works out good in my case because I escaped that part of the programming. And so, yeah, we can look at everything as a negative or a positive. And so I escaped a lot because of that and because of the way we were raised. Because from the time I was pretty young, we were on our own. I mean, we were fed, we were taken care of and stuff, but that was just how it was. When we lived in the country for a few years before we went to Spain, we just went out for the day and played. We did not hang around the house watching TV. So good or bad, I think there needs to be some moderation in there. I'm not sure free-range kids are really the way to go, but I think that we need to also not cottonball kids so they know how to react. I mean, I sure knew the heck how to react. We saw a couple of people exposing themselves as kids. We ran like hell. We knew how to get out of there. So anyway, so we all have such different backgrounds, and that influences us in so many different ways. And it also, we come up with all these expressions that we're raised with. Where do we get these things? Like, we'll be talking, I'll say like, well, I don't have a dog in this fight. Really? Do I really want to bring a dog? And <laughs> Why am I? The symbolism of our words is what I'm talking about here. Another one, stop running around like chickens with their head cut off. Really? Um, one of my dad's favorite expressions was this, and I actually, interesting thing you don't know about me, I'm actually in the Guinness World Book of Records, um, and um, before you look it up, what it was was that I'm the first baby, and probably still the first baby, that actually in the, in the delivery room was asking questions. <laughs> Um, so we're all raised differently, right? I, I grew up raising, asking questions, okay? Other kids are, are observers. I happen to be a question kid, and I know I'm, you're picking yourself off the floor. You're just shocked that I would say I was always this way, right? So my dad's favorite thing, he would say things like, I'd ask questions, right? And he'd say, what are you, writing a book? And I'd say, yeah, dad. As I got older, the, the story would change, right? So then he would say, well, leave out that chapter, kid. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so he was always telling me to stop talking, right? Obviously, he needed better skills because it didn't work. And then one time, I remember this one carried me through my whole life. I was a little tot, and um, because he was in the Air Force, my mom was, you know, she's doing something with his blanket, and it said U.S. Navy on it. So I said, why does the blanket say U.S. Navy, Mom? And she said, because one time we were really, really poor, and you were really tiny, we were all cold, and your dad must have snuck out and stolen it. <laughs> I, you know, it's weird because that went into my head, and it only came out, I happened to be at an auction, what, you know, 50 years later, and what comes up for auction? Some blanket that says U.S. Navy on it. So you see how we get these tidbits in our brains, and we also, along the way, start to confuse these so-called facts and get them confused with just folklore. Like, really, 
why would you tell a kid that, you know, the father was too poor? Well, my mother had my sense of humor. So she, you know, when I asked her about it, she was still alive and I asked her about it and she just laughed and she goes, oh, honey, I was just joking. Didn't you know that? And I'm like, mom, I was three. <laughs> but anyway, so um, we got to laugh, right? So let's get into the non-laughing part of here. Um, the general horrors of the show of the week. I probably should rename the show um, The Weekly Horrors, um, but let me catch up on a couple things I've been talking about that become more horrific. Um, hard to believe, huh? I heard this from a friend, and I'll, I'll read what she had to say. I was watching an Enchanted Life Path. I'll, I'll put his link. He does terrific videos regarding the Vatican design and not only the mouth of the snake like you mentioned but the huge altar inside is a dead sheep's head wow the snake is eating the sheep the dome at the Vatican is also a crown on the head of a snake <clears throat> kind of interesting huh the window shows the snake the sun symbolism see the ears and what looks like teeth when you can see the head well, that's fascinating because um, that really amps up the snake business. I didn't notice in the comments that anybody took a snake to their office as part of the pet day, but <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. So, yeah, these snakes are pretty interesting, um, and I'm going to get back into snakes in a bit here. <clears throat> so, I was reading the, um, we're talking about <clears throat> coding and stuff, and um, just before I came online now, I was checking up on the latest on the um, Coronavax. Excuse me, you know, from the people from who? Who are you going to call? Well, it's interesting. Remember, we were talking about the number six. So I read this article, and it's today's Sunday, so it was just a few minutes ago. How many people died from the coronavax, um, corona deal? Jeez, just so happens 1,666 people are dead as of right now, okay? And more bases in this country are getting ready to open to start warehousing people. And also, 68,500 people have been affected. See all the coding and all those numbers? So anyway, so here's how pandemics work. See, we're moving into a pandemic, and that means it's kind of taking over the world, okay? This is where they're pushing this deal. Well, pandemics are effective because look who they kill, okay? They kill all the children, and they kill the vulnerable. They don't kill the big healthy folks, okay? They, they kill off the people, which is part of this global depopulization plan, okay? So if you do the math, it's not that hard to sort this out, okay? Because remember, we've come a long way since the old days. We used to, people used to also tell folks to put butter on their burns, okay? So we really need to start paying attention for ourselves. Ask questions. Never stop asking questions. And circle around and ask more. Without some information, we can't formulate the questions. That's what I learned many, many years ago. Because it takes a little bit of information to ask a question. So I become more concerned when people don't ask questions because then I think, gee, are they really absorbing it? So a lot has changed. I mean, I remember as a kid, I would say to my mom, I'd say, hey, mom, I want to go outside and play jacks with my friends. You're such a slave driver. Well, <laughs> I mean, no one calls anybody a slave driver these days, okay, and has it for many of years. But <clears throat> as we grow and evolve, we got to start asking questions like, where do we come up with this stuff? Because we need to start evolving a little bit more here. You know, instead of relying on that phone in your hand, um, why don't you think about all of your relationships? When was the last time you hung out with your friends? 
did you have you sat down with people and kind of like shot the breeze or spitballed about life and you know did everybody in the group have their phone on I mean I'm talking about really talking to people when was the last time just search back through your mind that you actually sat down had a conversation with some people like we used to have maybe a group of you people were laughing talking going back and forth and nobody was talking on their phones have you had one of those moments please tell me you have and if you haven't please say you're going to try to get one okay so because what's happening is get away from that phone because what's happening is they're clamping they're using the phones to clamp down on us because one of the well all this stuff is <clears throat> I, I really thought about i should get these shows more organized into um, um, power of how horrible each deal is maybe do them in descending or ascending order but you know it's just all horrible okay so in this country we have what's called the FOIA F-O-I-A it's called the Freedom of Information Act and what I'm going to be talking about today is how all this stuff is so flawed okay and here's why because do we really believe <clears throat> that if I go down to the courthouse and fill out some paperwork to get the government to give me some information do I really believe that what they give me <laughs> is anything important so we're believing a lot of these things are taking place but they're not so guess what came up just two days ago they're moving in tight there's a new law commissioner in the UK her name is Penny P-E-N-N-E-Y Lewis she's leading this wide-ranging review into whether UK's offense and abuse laws are fit for the social media age did that sink in okay posting anti-vaccine propaganda see the words here they're considering what I'm saying is propaganda okay posting anti-vaccine propaganda on social media could become a criminal offense even if those promoting it believe the pseudoscience well there is no science but anyway whatever the UK's new criminal law commissioner has said that's Penny okay Miss Penny Lewis so in her first interview since taking up the role Penny says she's considering whether laws should be amended to lower the threshold of criminality for posting false information online that endangers lives so now they're moving into the position they're deciding what's false information okay so that should be a thing that gets everybody sitting up here right so I started thinking about this came right after in the UK <clears throat> this um, H you have an HHS secretary over there called Matt Hancock he said in September that he was looking very seriously this is only a couple months ago okay this is right before the <laughs> coronavirus at making vaccinations compulsory for state school pupils after the UK lost its official measles free country status due to a steady fall in MMR immunization rates okay so what do I keep saying to you get those kids out of school you realize that once somebody files a report on you game is up okay once that first report goes in all I can say is I wish you all my best of luck so now that Penny's in charge I started thinking about remember if a while, while ago I was talking about this um, Lord Justice Fulford F-U-L-F-O-R-D because I want to show you how rotten the system is okay I was kind of wondering if Penny was working for this guy but to come to find out he's retired but <laughs> anyway so this guy was the last guy in charge of um, he was in charge of a lot of stuff he was put in there by Blair and the Queen and he came to my attention because Lord Fulford happens to have been a founding member of Pi and for those of you new to this channel Pi 
which stands for Pedophile Information Exchange, was founded in the UK around the 70s. And there was a group of folks. I, I follow all of them. I have their names memorized, so when they pop up, I'm looking for them. So anyway, so this Justice Fulford guy is a founding member of Pi, and he had kind of a su very successful career after being appointed by Blair and them. Um, he was in charge of reform and technology from 2014 to 17. Um, this might restore your... So let me tell you a little bit about where he came from, just so you start to wonder about why do we believe these people, okay? And I don't remember when he became a sir. Maybe somebody can help me out here, but... The Honorable Lord Justice Adrian, that sounds like a woman's name, Fulford was called to the bar, Middle Temple, in 1978 and took silk in 1994. I guess that's his law degree. He became a bencher in 2002. He was appointed a recorder in 1997 and a high court judge in 2002. From 2003 to 2012, he was one of the first 18 judges of the International Criminal Court. This is a guy setting the rules, okay? The founding member of Pi, okay? From 2010 to 13, he was presiding judge of the Southeastern District. He was appointed the Court of Appeals in 2013, deputy dude here, senior presiding judge from the judge in charge of reform and technology okay this is why i'm bringing him up because him and Pen i'm not sure how he fits in with penny maybe somebody could help me out <clears throat> so anyway so what i did find out was that he is now uh, i think he's retired because another guy sir brian levison l-e-v-e-s-o-n replaced him as the investigatory power commissioner on 21 october you know i really it was just a few months ago. Now, why didn't they send me a, a, an invitation to uh, Full Ford's retirement party? I just don't get it. Is it my ideas about him being part of Pi? <laughs> so anyway, so um, I'm going to be going over something really briefly here, and it's probably <clears throat> one of the more, more important parts here. And what I'd like to do is direct you to the, I'm going to be pinning some links to look at, just a couple. Um, one of them is about 5G. And I really like you to listen to this man, if you would, and just click on the link. And 5G, let me give you just a little bit of an intro so you'll understand why it's important to look. Here's some of the ways. And remember, I don't understand as well as this guy does, or a lot of people. I'm just giving you my own synopsis to hopefully encourage you to look further, okay? 5G is much different than the other things, okay? Because we're moving into the territory of AI. And 5G is now being sold as you can get that Netflix while you sit on the toilet faster, okay? But here's a couple things that I understand about 5G that you might want to pay attention to. 5G doesn't have a real long range from these towers, okay? So what they're doing with 5G is they got to start putting these things everywhere, these connector poles or whatever you call them. And they're doing some really scary things with these poles. Like, for example, a school that I read about needed lighting for their um, their sports field or whatever. So how did they finance these polls? Because remember, it's just a school and we don't fund things for children. We'd rather abuse them. So not we, meaning our government. So anyhow, so how do they pay for these polls? Well, what they're doing is they are renting the polls to the 5G people. So now radiation is going to be pouring down on these kids. So, but here's the problem with 5G as I understand it. And you can certainly take it apart in the comments okay where the catcher comes in besides all the other horrible things okay is that in order for 5g to work you're going to have to have 5g connector things like even in your home so 
because they're going to need more poles, they're going to be poles outside of your home like every so many houses. Not like every few hundred miles, but every so many houses. And then in order to get you that fast Netflix connection on your on your toilet, you're going to have to have um, connectors inside of your houses to transmit it. And interestingly enough, so that brings all of that stuff into your home. Interestingly enough, that was the whole goal all along. And also, another thing he brings up is the water. They ha they're using this to weaponize the water. So anyway, so I would prefer that you listen to him because I'm not a 5G expert. I'm just here to tell you, we're being run by psychopaths. We're right now surrounded. And I'm not really sure where we should go from here. And, you know, next I'm going to be talking about the symbols. And um, so we can start to get up to there a little bit. But, you know, we're at the stage of time right now that they don't have a long enough range for these things, okay, for this 5G. So if we accept the fact that we need faster internet, okay, you're willing to accept the fact that we are literally, right now, and I'm not saying this to be dramatic, we are literally all being handed our own handguns, okay? We are the ones loading the bullets, okay? They're just handing us the handguns being 5G. So ask yourself, do you hate children this much to just sit there and not engage with me? We better come out swinging, folks. That's my plan. Do you want to join me? Be safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye for now.